Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. In this episode, I speak with Maria Casabianca. Maria is a stylist, and you have to hear how she kind of uh, how this journey unfolded. Always knew she wanted to go in fashion. Her mom was from Greece. Both of her parents are from Greece. She had two aunts that were seamstresses. When she was in high school, she worked in a store. And one of the things that she loved so much is when people would come in to kind of help them pick what looked good on their body. So she worked in a showroom for 10 years as she put herself through college at night. Then there was a period of time where she had a store, loved that. Again, she loved helping women style themselves. So she really enjoyed having the store. And then there was a health and fitness kind of stint in there a little bit. But you can follow Maria at her website, which is styledbymaria.com. And then Instagram, styledbymaria.stylist. And you can follow um, Maria there. And if you do need to be, you know, someone to help you kind of go through your wardrobe or pick things for you that fit. Maria is great. Also, I consult people on how to tell their story. So if you are a small business influencer, micro influencer, if you are a, um, an entrepreneur, if even if you're in the business world and you're out going to networking events and you don't know how to share your story, there's parts of your story that are going to connect with certain audiences. There's also times you're going to be on a podcast or in the media circuit and you need to have a your story under a certain amount of time. I help you do all that. If you guys are interested in working with me, you can email me at info at imjulietthan.com. I offer a 30-minute free consultation consultation to see if we fit and if I am the right person for you. So again, if you do not know how to share your story, if you think that your story is not exciting, or you have so much parts of your story and you don't know how to put it together, I help pick those pieces that are going to connect with people on a different level because stories connect us. All right, guys, we will see you for another episode of Your Next Stop or a YNS Live with NFL Thread. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called the Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok. Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliet Han. You know, I say it every single time, but I can't help myself. I'm so excited to bring you guys another person that has followed a passion and turned it into a business. Welcome, Maria Casabianca. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So Maria is a personal stylist and image consultant. You can find her on her website, which is the best place. And that's styledbymaria.com. You can also find her on Instagram, styledbymaria. And that is underscore stylist or dot stylist. I think it's stylist. Okay. Stylist. Dot stylist. Dot stylist. Dot stylist. And we'll have this all in the show notes so you guys will have it. But you can, you know, the best place to find Maria is at, by her website. But welcome to your next stop. I'm so excited to hear the story. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Okay. So the way we start everything is if you could just give us a little background where you grew up, if you went to university, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the meat of the story. Yeah. I grew up in Queens in Astoria, New York. So it's, uh, for anybody who doesn't know where that is, it's right outside of New York City. 
right outside of Manhattan. Um, and, uh, my parents divorced when I was really young. So I was raised by a single mom. It was me and my two siblings. And my mom was first generation. My mom was an immigrant. So I'm first generation American. So, um, my mom didn't speak English at all while I was growing up. So it was, um, it was me really trying to help her navigate the, um, the world. My first language was Greek, but I learned English, obviously going to school, elementary school. And, um, and so I had to help her a lot with, uh, with communicating. So, um, my background, my mom was in the fashion business, sort of, she worked for a factory for a clothing factory, but both of my aunts who also came over from Greece. Um, oh, I didn't say that before <laughs> my mom immigrated from Greece. So well, um, I, I figured that when you said that you speak, you speak Greek, I was like, okay, that's where mom, I was going to ask the <laughs> question, but it, it kind of, you know, came out for itself. <laughs> um, and yeah, so both of my aunts were seamstresses. And so uh, I spent a lot of time with them, watching them sewing dresses and um, creating clothing um, from their ho- from their home, because that's where um, they mostly worked out of. So um, I really w- always had this thing about like wanting to dress nice and have nice clothes. And uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but Every time there was either a holiday or it was my birthday or it was a, a Christmas present that my mom was buying, I always wanted to take her down to one of the streets where all the shops were. And I always wanted to go into the nicer shops. And I always dreamed of like buying those super expensive pants, you know, that I couldn't have. Um, so I kind of, you know, just naturally fell into fashion in that way. I just kind of following what really made me happy and what I was excited about. Um, and, you know, through high school, I worked in a boutique um, near my house and I would help women get dressed for events. And I just remember, um, you know, loving putting these clothing on women and just watch them transform and, you know, get happy about having outfits on that they felt good in. So, um, that's, you know, kind of where I started. And then I went to, um, you know, when I graduated high school, I remember my mom was like, she wasn't really pushing college. She was more, you know, get a job, get a job and, you know, make some money. And, um, I really didn't know where to turn. Most of my friends didn't go away to college. They all went to community colleges And I wanted to be in the city. I had such a passion for being there and wanting to be in the center of Manhattan and, um, the excitement of, you know, the shops there and the, the nightlife there. I just, um, I had this dream for myself. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I can be a designer. (laughs) And I realized quickly that I didn't know how to illustrate and I really didn't want to spend time sewing pieces of clothing together at a trade school. Cause I went to a trade school first for six months and I thought, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, do this for a little bit. And then maybe I can get into some sort of design work. But, um, 
you know, all I could draw really was a stick figure. And <laughs> my classmates were drawing these beautiful dresses and, um, you know, models and with the hair and the shoes. And it was all so beautiful. And I thought, okay, I, I'm probably not going to be very good at this. So after six months at trade school, I realized I'm not really going to be able to get a great job here because all I have is sick, you know, high school education, really. So I um, went to FIT and I applied there and I thought I need to get my bachelor's degree because that's the only way I'm going to kind of get anywhere. So um, I couldn't afford college. So I went, um, I applied for a full-time job in a showroom. And, um, it was for a receptionist position. And, um, I remember walking in and getting all dressed up and wanting to impress people with my outfit and my, um, and, um, I landed the job and I started working there and I just decided, you know what, the only way I'm going to do this is go to school part-time. So I would work from nine to five was in Midtown uh, at a showroom was actually a shoe showroom designer footwear. Um, and we sold to all the department stores and, um, I went to school at night. I, I went to school from six to 10 and it took me a lot longer to graduate, but, um, I did it. <laughs> and, um, I ended up staying at that company, uh, for 10 years, my first job. That's amazing. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to stop you there. So, I mean, you did say that your aunt that your aunts were steam seamstress. Did they come with your mom when you when they migrated over? Did they all come together or did your mom kind of follow her siblings? Well, my mom came first and then um my mom and my dad came first and then we went back to Greece and I remember um visiting my aunts and they were actually seamstresses in Greece in this small village that they lived in. Um, and then they came over, um, after my mom. So then they got jobs here as seamstresses. And I mean, really like living in, you know, and around New York fashion is kind of, uh, you know, a prevalent, it really is around. So you're going to see things and be like, Oh wait, I really like, you know, fashion. I like to look at this, but then it also seems that it, it kind of was in your blood, you know, that there was some sort of fashion clothing being a seamstress. You have to, you have to have some sort of eye and I could be completely wrong, but when I think of a seamstress, you have to, you have to have an eye to kind of put things together or, or fix things and, and, and have that. Do you feel that that was an all of an influence or not really? I think more of the influence was um, not so much the, the making of the garments because it's very technical and you have to be very good at, um, you have to be super organized. You have to be very precise when you're sewing. Um, but I think more of an influence was the way they dressed and the way that they carried themselves when they were out in the world. And, you know, they would shop at nice shops and, and put on, you know, they, they had, um, they had the love of finer fabrics and materials. Um, and so I think I got an appreciation on, you know, how a better fabric can fit better, look better. Um, and they always dress so well. And I was always, um, you know, so in awe of them. And my mom always looked great. My, you know, she always, she never wore pants and she still to this day never wear pants. She always had a 
you know, a nice skirt and a proper top and a, you know, a little blazer or coat. And, a, you know, you always had a trench coat and you always had a proper coat and she always wore great skirts and her shoes were always matching. And so I think I just gained an appreciation for how they carried themselves and the way they dressed. Right, 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 right. So, um, and I think at the end, you know, the journey is interesting. Of course, you know, you're when coming from a different country. I have a lot of different people on the podcast that maybe their parents immigrated over and different cultures. There are certain things that are important. And I, I find it so fascinating. Some cultures, it's all about education. It doesn't matter. You know, the parents didn't have education. They don't care what, if the child's happy, they just want them to get, you know, an education. They want them to be a doctor or a lawyer. And they don't care if the kid is like, well, that's not what I want to do. It's like, I worked my butt off for you. This is what I want from you. And so it's interesting to hear those stories, but then also other stories. It's like, you know, just get a job, make some money, find what's, you know, interesting to you and then maybe take a different path. So it's, um, again, a fascinating thing for me to kind of hear different stories. Stories connect us. I say that on every single time someone's going to be listening to this and have a very similar background and it's going to take them back to that time in their life where, you know, it's going to give you whether they're, you know, we all have bad times, good times, but it's still going to give you this feeling of, wow, I've come so far or wow, I went, you know, went this path. So out of, you know, school when, when you were studying at night, I mean, that had to been a lot, you had to been very disciplined to be able to work and then go to school. Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, my mom, she, um, barely had an elementary school education. So she was not about like, you know, get to the next level. And I really don't know, even know where I got it from. Honestly, I just, in my mind, I wanted so much more for myself. And I knew that if I could just take the steps and once I decided I was going to take the steps and that I needed to finish because it took me six years to finish, um, and graduate with a bachelor's degree. I mean, normally it you know, takes four years, but because I was doing it part-time, I couldn't finish in the four years. And I just kind of barreled through. And I just knew that's what I wanted. And, and, you know, there were a few times when I thought I can't, I can't keep doing this. You know, I'm tired. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to go to school on a Saturday. I don't want to, you know, go to school after, but I, I barreled through and I really just wanted to finish and get my degree. So it was almost like this habit that I just got into and that, you know, was my mindset that I, wanted to finish this. And that's what I was going to do. Right. I think that's so cool. And then also having the job in the showroom. I mean, I think when you have a steady job that you're like, okay, I really like this. I see what my future can be if I finish, you know, what I'm doing, I think can also, I know for myself, that would help me. It would give me motivation. It's so true. And the first job that I had was a small um, company. It was family owned business. And there were a few women um, in there that I admired and I wanted to emulate, you know, and, and they had a life that I imagined I could have too, because remember I, I came from a, you know, very poor background. My mother was very, worked really, really hard. She worked two jobs to like pay the bills. So we didn't have a lot of extras and no, they were going on vacations and they were, uh, they had beautiful homes and they had second homes and, 
you know, they were very happily married. And so all those things kind of influenced me in that time and kind of pushed me to, um, really dream bigger dreams for myself. And yeah, we, we, the showroom that I was in was a luxury brand showroom. So we represented, um, Yves Saint Laurent and Anne Klein, um, and a lot of great, uh, brands that were in the fashion show. So I got to go to the fashion shows when I worked there and I started as a receptionist and I was, you know, um, promoted within six months. And then I went to customer service and then I did PR. I was in public relations and I handled all their magazines, um, requests and photo shoots for, um, the footwear. And then I got into product development and I was traveling to Italy, um, to help build the collection. So every little step, um, uh, motivated me to get further and further because I loved it so much. And I, you know, I worked with so many people that I admired. And like I said, it was a small company and I really got to know a lot about the business because I was exposed to every part of it. So, I mean, I think that's really great. And, and really, if you think about it, if you maybe worked for a big showroom that you were a number and not a person, it could have been very different. But when you are working for a small company, a family owned company, you're more of family than a number. Do you think that had anything to do with, yeah. It was huge. Um, because like you said, I would have just been another number, you know, that, and I wouldn't have really been exposed to all, you know, people's personal lives and their, you know, and their, the way they conduct business too. And, you know, I was always in the president's office and he was, he was a, a wonderful mentor to me. Um, so yes, absolutely. I think the fact that it was a small business, um, allowed me to, um, really learn and, and, and be seen also. And grow, right? I mean, that's the thing. They saw you, they were like, okay, we're going to now trust you with this and trust you with that. And when you have mentors and people that you look up to, but then they also see you as a person, again, not just a number, it really helps give you the confidence. Okay. I am on the right path. You're going to school. And if you can, you know, did they, did they know that you were going to school at night? So they also knew that this was something important to you and that you had aspirations and they maybe wanted to be a part of that. Was there any conversations ever, you know, with them about what you wanted to do with your life as, as you continued with them? Yes, they were um, so supportive and so kind. In fact, when I graduated, I asked my boss to write me a recommendation letter because I thought about going to, um, to get my MBA. And in that letter, which I didn't really know as he was watching me, you know, do all these things in his letter, uh, which, you know, he, he makes me tear up to this day, he wrote, um, Maria has all these wonderful qualities, qualities that I, I hope that my own daughter has, um, hardworking. And, and I didn't realize that they, you know, I mean, I, they were very supportive and they were very kind, but I didn't realize how much they, um, thought about all the things that I had to do and, and, um, you know, what I did to try to get to where I was. Right. Which is, which is amazing. So when you left them after 10 years, can you take us through that a little bit? Was that, you know, you didn't have anywhere else to go in the company. You had another offer. Where was that pivot and what did that look like? Well, that was, um, well, I got married and then I, I was pregnant with my daughter. So, uh, I was, I was, 
I was kind of torn because I wanted to pursue my career in product development because that's really where I wanted to be. And I, I didn't have the support at the time of my husband, who's now my ex-husband. So it was kind of because I had to travel a lot, you know, it required like traveling four times a year, two weeks at a time. And that would take me away from my family. Um, so I had to make a decision. Um, so I decided, and I was living in Long Island at the time. So it was a long commute. You know, they were very supportive and said, you know, you can stay in a sales position instead of product development and you can work from home two days a week. And I did that for a period of time, but I, I had a lot of mom guilt. I had a lot of guilt about leaving my daughter that much and not really being around for her. So I decided to, um, resign. And, uh, what happened was I had met another designer while I was working there and she had offered me a job before I left the company I was at. And she said, we'd love for you to come on board and work with us. And they were based in Italy. So I wouldn't need to go into the office every day. And at that time I had turned it down because I was making great salary. I had benefits and, and all that. But then when I, when I resigned and I reached out to her and I said, Hey, you know, I'm not working right now and I'd be happy to, you know, partner with you on this and launch. They wanted to launch the brand in the U S and it was a beautiful Italian sparkly shoes, really red carpet, um, shoe collection called Renee Calvilla, who is, you know, still exists today and actually is still work with, um, as, as a consultant. Um, so I started working with her and then we launched the brand in the U S and all I had to do was show up at the St. Regis or the Plaza at the, you know, at a, at a suite and uh, make appointments and sell this beautiful brand to buyers, all, you know, Saks and Bergdorf. And, um, so that was a perfect scenario for me. So, um, I was able to spend as much time as I wanted with my daughter, but, and then just show up for these shows. So it was great. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure, you know, the, the company that, you know, really kind of grew you would have understood, right? They were a family owned business. So they understood family. Um, and so that, that is kind of cool that you and smart, right? Forward thinking, you know, I don't want to give this up. I still want to work. You know, we talk about this on the podcast. I chose to stay home after work, but I remember. It was a really tough decision because it was at a time where it was like women can do it all. You can have that, you know, that career. You can be, you know, the best mom. You can be the best wife. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. I know how I work. I'm all or nothing. Um, I, if I'm into something, I'm into something, but I'm not very good at, I don't want to say multitasking because I'm good at multitasking, but focusing a hundred percent on, on three big things. I was like, I don't think that that's going to work. And I'll never forget. I was sitting with, um, my son, uh, my oldest son, when he was a baby and I was talking to nannies because I was like, okay, I'm supposed to go back. My younger sister had her son. They were a week apart. She was in corporate real estate. She was going to go back, but she was going back one day a week. I worked for an alternative advertising company and I traveled everywhere and it, the hours were a little bit crazy. I knew they would work with me, but I was like, how am I going to do this? And I just remember sitting there and really being sad, you know, thinking, I just want to stay home. And my husband would have supported me either way. He's like, whatever you want to do, I'm here. And I'll never forget. My sister said to me, well, what's going to make you the best mom and wife? 
And I said, oh, to stay home. And she said, well, why are you even thinking about this? And I said, it's so crazy. You know, I'm a confident person, always have been a confident person. But at that moment of just hormones and having this new baby, I was like flailing a little bit. I was like, okay, I don't know. I'm happy just staying home. But society and like, and my mom even was like, I think you should go back when the babies are young. It's like, a, it's a good time to continue a little bit. And, you know, my mom my and my dad got divorced. So she was also talking from kind of a, you know, and we have a great relationship with both, but like probably just a, a, a protective place, right? Mm-hmm. You want your own right. stuff. You don't want to just give it all up. And um, I'll never forget when my sister said that I was like, oh, you're right. She's like, I can work one day in an office and stay home four days a week. She's like, you're going to be doing, and I know, you know, my employers were very supportive. So they said, I worked for a, a UK company and they said, you could work, you know, three days a week. It's fine. But I would be going, you know, we lived in the city, so it would be fine. But I just couldn't imagine pumping and doing all of those things and not being with my child. Um, but I know for myself, that was for me, my sister, she was like, no, I want to go back for a little bit. And then I had one of my best friends was like, oh my gosh, this new board stage. Nope. I I need to go back. Like she needed to go back to be the best mom and wife. And so it was just very interesting. You have to really kind of think about who you are and what's best for you and kind of not think about society and what people say to you. And it's a very personal decision, right? Because you only know what you're feeling yourself, you know, when you're in that situation. And I was always very fearful that I would lose a part of myself because I was, I loved my career. I loved who I was in my career. I loved the people that I worked with. And so the fear was, I'm going to step away from this and I'm never going to get it back. You know, I'm never going to get to the level where it was working at this company for 10 years. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you have this little baby and it's your first and you know you don't want to miss all of the things that associated with you know because it does go so fast you know and looking back at it now i'm so happy i made that decision because i had all that time to bond with my baby and you know do all the things with her that i probably wouldn't have had the time to do had i really um stayed in this full-time job and for me, it was just the right choice in that moment. Um, but yeah, like you said, everybody's different. You know, everybody um, operates at a different level. For me, I had way too much guilt at the time that it was better for me to just take that time away and not feel so bad because I, I just wouldn't have been able to do my job properly if I had if I had stayed. Right. And which I think is so important. So I would love for you to then take us to your next pivot. Like, you know, I know you had a clothing boutique. I know now you're in the, you know, the styling world. So take us how that kind of evolved. So, um, I got divorced in 08. Um, and I had been working with this, um, Italian brand that whole time. And when I got divorced, just, uh, coincidentally, the woman that I had built the business with in the U S she decided to leave the company. Um, and I didn't want to work in, I didn't want to be there without her. Um, she and I had become very close and she's still one of my closest friends, but I, uh, it was the, the, the dynamic of the whole company was changing and I didn't want to be there without her. So I thought, 
Okay. I'm divorced. What is something that I always wanted to do? And I always wanted to open up a woman's clothing boutique. And I thought, you know what, now's the time. And my, I, at the time I had had my son, um, who was, when I was divorced, my kids were younger. Um, and I wanted to be around for them also. So I thought, let me open up a store because for myself, I really didn't find a store in my town that I wanted to shop in. I wanted it to be a little bit more city. I wanted it to be a little bit edgier, um, and cool stuff that I would want to shop at. So I decided, you know what, this is the time to do it. So I opened my store up and, um, I think it was 20. Oh, maybe it was right after maybe it was 20, 20. I don't remember 2012 or something like that. Um, and I, and I had the store for about, I had one location and then I moved to a larger location. So I had it, I had that lease for about five years. Right. And, and if you could share, cause I think this is where I always let like my, um, listeners know where we kind of connect. And I believe that we connected through a mutual friend or you found the podcast, but you did have a store in Westport, Connecticut, which was near where I lived in Darien for many years. And I believe I even shopped at your, your store. Like I, I, and I think can- that's w- what happened. I think, well, what happened was you, I had this, I had built this great email list, um, with all my clients. And after I, after five years, I had the option to renew the lease in the store or not. And I decided I didn't want to, um, I, I didn't want to have the store anymore. I, I figured this, this was great. It was done. It was really difficult. I was not in a, on main street. So it was a challenging location. I didn't have a lot of foot traffic. So the business was okay, but I, I felt like, you know what, it's time. I'm not going to sign another five-year lease. And so the, the company, my, the first company that I worked for reached out to me two weeks before they had saw my, my old boss saw that I posted that I'm closing the store and two weeks before I shut my door, she sent me an email and said, Hey, there's a, there's a new position open in the company. If you want to come back to work, you know, give me a call. And I thought, Oh my God, this is perfect. Like I didn't even know what I was going to do after I closed the store. So Anyway, I contacted her, um, and I started back in the footwear space, um, for a few years. And then I, I, I started my personal styling business. So I took the email list from my business that I had before, and I sent out an email saying, okay, I'm personal styling now. If anybody would like some help, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to do this. And I think that you were on one of my email lists. Right. Which is really funny. And that's why I always say to people, you know, it's, um, you never know who you're going to meet and you just have to be open because again, I say it all the time, stories connect us. And so it's really important to just be aware, be aware who you're, you know, who is coming into your path or be aware if you, you know, if you're getting an email, you know, just read it. There's different, you know, we all get so many different things. We're, you know, bombarded with just, um, you know, technology, emails, you know, social media, all of that stuff. But if you're just live life a little bit more aware, the things that are supposed to be put in your path, they're going to connect and they're going to connect for a reason. So I love like, you know, I love that's how that kind of, so great. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of serendipitous. Yeah. Unfolded. So 
take us, you know, so the listeners know what, you know, we already said where they can find you, but how long have you been doing the personal styling? You know, what, what is some of your favorite things about that as well? So, um, I always loved my store and I loved when my customer, uh, would come in and say, you know, I, I need this outfit for so-and-so, or what do I wear to so-and-so, or how do I put this outfit? And I, that was part of the business that I loved so much and finding, you know, really different kind of cool things that, uh, women can wear special pieces, pieces that you don't really see everywhere. So, um, uh, during COVID, I lost my, um, I lost my job with, with the wholesale, um, footwear company that I was working with because I was selling very fancy high heel women's shoes and that business dried out during COVID because nobody was going anywhere. So, um, I thought, well, fashion is not really great right now. And, and one of my other passions was, um, health and fitness. So I've been, and I think a lot of, um, my, um, tenacity and also regimented way of being has come from the way I have been with health and fitness, because I've been weight training and exercising since I'm 17. So I feel like the two kind of go together, you know, having those habits and having that kind of routine, um, really helped me both in my career and with my health. So when, when the whole, when we were all home from COVID, I was exercising and, and eating better than I had ever been. So I thought I'm going to put together a digital lookbook and I'm now going to be this health and fitness person. So, um, I put together this digital course I put together my own website. I learned how to, um, you know, launch my website, how to do more Instagram and how to do more videos and, and create blogs and create email lists and shoot out all my email lists. So all that, you know, and then at the end of the day, I really miss being in fashion. And so even though I love health and fitness and it's a passion of mine. I really didn't want it to be my career. So I thought, well, I'm either going to be a trainer and a nutritionist and really get into this and help people with that. And I just, at the end of the day, after like six months, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I have no more left in me. Cause I was all in working day and night, writing these blogs and, um, you know, help coaching people and helping them. And then it was like, I really just want to still be in fashion. So I decided to, um, I didn't know anything about being a stylist because it is a little bit different than, uh, I mean, it's a lot different than owning your own store, um, in a lot of ways, but there's a specific system to it. So I ended up training with another stylist in Greenwich and, um, I kind of learned from her, you know, the various ways that this works and how to set it up as a real business. So that's what I did. And all the things that I had learned with my health and fitness digital course that I created, I applied it to my new personal styling business and, um, and just working one-on-one -on -one with clients has been so amazing and having the feet. Cause a lot of my clients, because I reached out to them through emails, they already know me. They knew my store. 
So when they got in touch with me, they were like, I so miss your store. I love your style. I'd love to work with you. So I kind of already knew some of these people. And so when I started working with them, it was like easy. It was like, I would go shop for like, you know, their whole wardrobe, um, and bring it to their house and they would try all these things on and they would, and you can see how happy they were with all these new ways that they can dress themselves. And, um, the feedback has been amazing. I mean, they all continue to wear all the things that I buy for them and how, how many compliments they get and, and the confidence that they feel in, you know, getting dressed up now, um, is all a big part of all of this. And, you know, I'm still writing my blogs and, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. No. And you know what? And I want to take it back to something that you said in the beginning of the podcast. So if, if anyone, you know, when you guys are listening to this, something that you said is that when you were in high school and you worked at that store, one of your favorite things was helping people get dressed. So it really has come full circle. That's, you know, where you kind of got your feet wet is when you were young and, and then it just kind of evolved. And now it really has gone full circle because this is what you're doing. And that was one of the things that you said was what you loved so much about it. And so what I always encourage my listeners to do is to find that spot and my clients, you know, to find that time that you can go daydream. And I really always say it's important to go back to when you were a kid. Sometimes when you were a kid, what were the things that you really loved? What were the things that you kind of found interesting? Because Funny enough, a lot of times when you're a child and, you know, there's no expectations and there's no, um, society or whatever, people telling you what you should do or what you shouldn't do. And if you go back, if you're like in a space in your life where you're a little bit stuck and really think about what motivated you and what excited you as a kid, try to see how that can actually go into your life now. And you're going to be kind of, you know, amazed to see that maybe it's something that you can turn into a business. It's so true. It's so true because it comes from a very natural place. You know, when you're younger, you're just gravitate towards things that make you happy or you like, or you are interested in. And, you know, as we get older, we kind of let our mind take over what, you know, intuitively we want to do. Oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And this is going to get me to a great place in my career. And this is what my parents want from me. And we're not really listening to what, um, we are meant to, to do and what our kind of our soul wants for ourselves. Yep. No, totally. Well, Maria, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining your next stop. You guys, you can go find again, find Maria by styled by Maria.com is the best place. She also has Instagram. She also is on LinkedIn, but mainly right now it's uh, Instagram and her website. So again, thank you so much for joining your next stop. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Of course. You guys, you know what to do. Like, rate, review, and share. You might be listening to this and think, oh, this is so fun. I love hearing stories. I love, you know, again, I always say stories connect us, but you don't know who in your life needs to hear this story. You don't know who in your life that maybe needs a little motivation. You don't know who in your life actually maybe needs a personal stylist. So take this episode and send it to as many people as you know. You want to be the one that is inspiring others. Thanks again, Maria, for joining your next stop. And we will see you guys for another episode of your next Stop or YNS Live with NFL Thread. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week.